ASI. Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. Intro to the Decalogue. Episode 90. You're coming cold, you're covered in blood. They're all so happy you've arrived. The doctor cuts your cord, hands you to your mom. She sets you free into this life. And where do you go with no destination, no map to guide you? But wouldn't you know? series of shows. Yes, that's my commitment to you, the listener. Um, that is Good Charlotte, and mixed with a little Nikki Six, uh, 6 a.m. The song's called Heart Failure, that song leading in, and then Good Charlotte from the Chronicles of Life and Death. That whole album is is awesome. I'm going to play some uh, bumpers from that album, play some more bumpers from Nikki Six's album, and both albums, you can buy them on Amazon, uh, if you go to the ASI247.org, that's the website, and click on the music tab, you can download the tunes off iTunes. I went through, re-looked at my numbers, and yes, most of you are listening uh, through iTunes. So um, you can just buy it directly through iTunes, or through Amazon, you can buy the album CDs, have them mailed to you, like you can have the hard copy CD. So that's what I like to do. I like to have, uh, like to own the music, I like to hold it in my hand. Um, Though my email address is uh, russ at asi247.org. Um, you can reach me on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook page is uh, it's a link to the website, or you can uh, you know search for Russ Shaw in uh, Seattle, Seattle area, Seattle, Washington, Everett is mainly where I live, reside, but in the Seattle area. I'm that Russ Shaw, if you want to uh, look for me. I just got done finishing to uh, a series of lectures by a guy named Dr. John Frame at Reformed Theological Seminary. Uh, I also listened to a series of lectures by a guy named Rob Willer at uh, Berkeley. Um, the lectures are on uh, iTunes U. If you search on iTunes uh, you know, for RTS, uh, all their lectures are up for free and you can listen to them. The one on pastoral and social ethics was really long and I got into it, man. I liked it. I got into some of the material and stuff. I thought it was really cool, um, especially the stuff on the Ten Commandments. And that's what I'm doing the show from this perspective, that uh, kind of the guy who isn't, you know, your pastor or your worship leader or your your deacon, or elder, I'm not any of those things. Um, 
I'm the guy who was, you know, in your high school that, you know, was a suicide watch, right? Like that guy, like that scary guy, like I sold drugs, the guy that did the parties, the guy that, you know, was kind of, I don't know, kind of the party guy, the fun guy, but kind of, kind of off, right? That's me <laughs> growing up, especially, um, addicted to drugs, selling drugs, quit high school. Um, I, sexual abuse in my past over several different occasions. I so relate to this guy in, uh, group I'm going to he said that you know I felt like he had a F me sign on his back during his childhood um, same with me man a lot of different uh, instances of, of sexual abuse in my past um, parents divorced my mom married and divorced again had a couple of different stepfathers uh, stuff like that just not the not the joyful past right not the happy-go-lucky childhood that, that some people have not that everybody has a rosy childhood but uh, yeah mine was uh, exceptionally dark um, I never did finish high school never did get my GED uh, I, I own my own business uh, pizza catering business and uh but for a large part of my life i just kind of felt like that guy right like that guy in the beatles song here check this out this is uh like that guy that is Soundgarden by the way and uh, you know the, that song by the Beatles uh, the, I think we can relate to that guy a lot of us can relate to that guy a lot of us addict types a lot of us out of control not a lot of self-control folks can relate to that song and and being that outcast guy and feeling like that right like I haven't had hair down to my knees but the one thing as that I can tell you is you've got to be free. I love that line because it's that energy that, that we're kind of looking for, right? I just want to be free of the guilt and the hurt and the pain and the, and the junk that I carry around, you know? And, and if, if living like this is, is how it works, then so be it. I mean, that, that outcast kind of attitude. And that is so uh, destructive if you, you choose to stay there. Um, because these are the chronicles of life and death, right? Your, your life today is an empty page, right? You're going to get done listening to this podcast and you're going to open, you're going to flip a page open and with the energy of your life, you're going to start to write, right? With this, this energy, this this emotional energy, this this intellectual energy, what you do, what you choose to do tomorrow, um, your spiritual energy, all, it just comes pouring out of you all the time. That's your life, and it's spilling onto a page, and you will write something down tomorrow, right? The rest of your life is empty pages from here on out, and that's the truth. And these are the chronicles of life and death. Today could be the best day of Today could be the worst day of Today could be the last day of your life
And yes, death is coming for each and every one of us. The Chronicles of Life and Death is that song from Good Charlotte. Uh, that that is so true. Today could be the best day of. Today could be the worst day of your life. This is your life. It's ticking away. Um, and, and I sit from the perspective of, of a lot of you may feel the way I do. I remember being stuck in this thing. I remember having this thing own me. Like I have, I remember, you know, Jesus says repent, you know, you repent of your sins. Or um, uh, he says to the woman, uh, you know, the woman caught in adultery. Now, you've not been condemned. I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And I think, okay, now how do you do that? Okay, great. Go and sin no more. Okay, cool. Like it. How do you do it? Because I'm addicted and I couldn't stop. And I'm, I'm here to say I'm, I've got almost five years of freedom under my belt. I have not had a, any episodes of sexual, uh, you know, a sexual sobriety, I guess you would call it, to use a, 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 that word. Um, I've been free, man. I've been free. And it, it is so awesome to be free and not have this thing own me. Um, not to have this thing grab me by a chain, pull me to my knees, because I hated that, and I remembered that, and I so wanted to be free, and I remember feeling just like total crap when I fa failed, and just like, oh my god, I am just so messed up, right? That Warus Gumble, whatever that is in that song, just feeling like that, I got this, can you feel a disease? Hold me in your arms. I mean, just feeling like that guy. And, and I'm doing the show from the standpoint of a guy who felt like that guy, right? In, in the Beatles song. Like I said, I, I drive most of the time. I do the show uh, a lot of times from my van just because it's where I do my best thinking. Um, I own my own business. Uh, basically, I, by the grace of God, have used the talents and gifts that he's given me to to make a living for myself uh, selling pizza, basically. That's what I do. go to big companies, I, I, and I, uh, I do catering. I sell in bulk, that kind of thing. One company I stopped at, I, uh, it's kind of starting to taper off. Not a lot of sales there. And This older gentleman, he'd buy a pizza from me every so often, but he'd always sit in the same place. And I would roll my van up, and he'd be sitting right there. And I finally, you know, I struck up a conversation with the guy. I said, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, and he says, well, not good. Laying people off again, and I said, uh, "Wow, really?" And I, you know, uncomfortable silence for a minute, and I, I pressed in a little more, and I said, "Well, you know, how do you, how are you going to deal with that?" And he says, "Oh, I'll probably get laid off too." He says, "I, I have a lot of seniority, got a lot of years under my belt, but uh, another company bought our company, and you know, it's like the third time they've changed names in the last five years or something like that." And he says, "I'm just another number." He said, sure, I've got a lot of experience, but, uh, you know, I'm getting older. Uh, my health benefits aren't, you know, are, <laughs> are going to be used a lot more. Uh, I, I get paid a lot more than some of these younger guys who physically are going to work circles around me. And, and he says, I, I'm not taken care of here. I'm probably going to lose my job. And I just remember feeling for the guy, feeling compassion for the guy. Just going, wow, that is a, that's a horrible spot to be in. Um, horrible way to feel, uh, just like another number, right? Like you're just another, he, he felt like that, like it's just another clog in the machine. Like, you know, they just look at charts and graphs. They don't care that much about people. And, uh, 
that's just how it goes in in the world and and that's not what i'm going to do this 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 decalogue about right the 10 commandments this is not some cold hard uh, law that i'm going to do obviously i mean i've been there right like this is not a bunch of rules that i can't do anyway so why are you going to teach me more rules um, that's not what i'm here to talk about I remember watching the show on the, I think it was Discovery Channel or something like that, and they were talking about the, the industry of, uh, of wool, right, and, and how they still do sheep, and they still have big farms with mass amounts of sheep, and they bring these sheep in, and these guys, you know, they shear the sheep, and machines that, you know, weigh the sheep, and all this stuff, and sheep breaks his leg, a sheep gets old, you know, and they're introducing the sheep, you know, here's sheep number 44896. I'm like, wow, that's his name? Yeah, that's his name. His four four eight nine six. That's meet him. Hi, hi four four eight nine six. You know, good to meet you. And uh, that's that's the sheep. You know, you shear him, and, and wow, he's getting old. Or you know, through the machines or through the system, he break a leg. And it's like, well, you know, sucks for you. They get old. They break a leg. They get injured. They get sick, and uh, you know, they're dog food. Okay, and they ship them off to to be dead stock, or they turn them into glue. Uh, you know, that's just the way it goes in a big, uh, big machine type company like that, right? It's not like the Greyhound tracks where you got these people that come in and adopt the old Greyhounds. No, the sheep, they pretty much, uh, yeah, they're glue, they're dog food, they're, uh, you know, stuff like that. They're the binary in the book that you have on the shelf over there. Um, that's shepherding in the 21st century. Um, I've felt like that. I think a lot of you felt like that. A lot of you felt like, you know, the, the company's taking a dive. Guess what? You get a pink slip. I mean, there's a lot of hurting people with the economy the way it is right now. And, uh, again, you know, my higher power is, is Jesus Christ. There's a lot of talk and recovery about higher power and God and the existence of God. Um, you really can't ignore if you just look at 12 step for example and the existence of god that's in talked about in the steps um the 12 step system is still the most successful system for stopping addiction in the world um and it's going to talk about the existence of god why is my higher power jesus christ because um i i don't like religion and religious people that have just made me feel like that guy right like that number and a lot of my rants on religion are just part of my story, right? And me going back to, let's get back to the Bible. That's why I believe in Reformed theology, right? Um, little history lesson for you. The Bible is not a big book on religion. The Bible was actually put together as a collection of holy scriptures that were basically put there to dispel religion at the time. Because religion had been so corrupt and, and, and jacked up. And it was just the religious elites that had, had access to the holy scriptures. And they would twist them and bend them and add rules to them. Stuff that wasn't there. And, and Martin Luther would say, hey, let's go back. Let's get, you know, the with prophets, um, the letters, the epistles, uh, the, the the gospels, the, the the gospels that are true, right? Not these massive amounts of these Gnostic gospels, um, but the, the ones that have the most credibility. Those those four gospels, the the prophet. I mean, all of this. I mean, he just put it all together, and he said, "We're going to put this together as sola scriptor, right? That scripture itself." 
is our highest authority. And that scripture itself interprets itself, right? Like there's these, well, there's parts of the Bible that contradict itself. I agree. And if you look into it, you'll find that the Bible actually interprets the Bible, right? This is hermeneutics. There's a word for you there. Um, a little seminary word for you there. Uh, but that's that's true. And, and one of the things that, that religious people hate is when you bring up the Bible. You know, especially Christian religious people, which is really weird. But that's why there's so many denominations. You know why there's there's Baptists and Presbyterians and, and you know, the Assembly of God over here, the Methodists over there. It's all a result of sin. It's all a result of religion and people making up their own rules and putting stuff together that's not in the Bible and, you know, cold, dead religion. And I hate it. And, and listen, there's something that Matt Chandler said. I, I love this guy. And he was talking about this. And also another critic, to, uh, not not very nice to religion, religious people. And, and he says something, and, and it's so true. And this, this is actually in the Bible. You want to talk about somebody who has a hard time with religion, um, check out the Apostle Paul. Um, go into the Bible, the Holy Bible. Look in the book of Galatians. Go to chapter 5 of Galatians and uh, check this out, man. I so love this. Um, <laughs> but if I, brother, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. Now, check this out. This is like religious ritual, right? Here's the Galatians. The, uh, led by Peter, uh, of all people, a guy who hung out with Jesus, who, who just became a religious jerk and is being confronted by by the Apostle Paul, who... who also was a religious jerk who met Jesus and anyway you get to the book of Galatians right he's rebuking this this religious man and these these people who you know they put their rituals over the cross right it's offensive to a lot of religious people that the cross is enough that Jesus paid your karmic debt right like there's no karma karma you can't pay it back you don't get to well it's bad karma no you you have a debt, right? You have to settle accounts with God on the last day of your heart beating. You will you will do that. And the, and the listen, the cross paid it. That's offensive to religious people. They want to add to it. They want to make it something. Yeah, let's you know you got to get circumcised. And Paul says, and Paul says, no, no. The cross has become what? The offense of the cross has been removed from you. If you think that way. And then verse 12, I, I, I love this. Um, I wish those who unsettled you would emasculate themselves. Right? Now, uh, I've, been, I've been called a critic of, of religion and religious people. And, and, and like Matt Chandler said, I never told a guy to cut his business off. All right? That's what he's saying there. All right? You're going to cut, you're, right? you're just going to cut around the edges there? Why don't you just cut the whole thing off there, Charlie? All right? You think that it's better than Jesus? You don't need to teach Jesus. You need to teach this little, uh, this little goofy uh, ceremony. Well, why don't you just cut the whole thing off? <laughs> okay, I've never been that critical. All right, I've never gone that far, but the Apostle Paul did. So, so there. You have a problem with me being uh, critical on religion? Uh, <laughs> take it up with Paul there. Because he's gonna he's gonna take it a step farther. And and you know, here's a few other things about Scripture. Um, 
religious people say you get what you deserve. Okay, you can't do the law, you can't obey by the rules, you can't play by this book. Then, well, you know, you're you're homeless, you're poor, you get a venereal disease, um, you're divorced. That's what you get. You get what you deserve. Right? That's a graceless attitude. The Bible says that we're justified by faith. And that's the whole context that uh, Galatians 2 is under. If you look to uh, go in the Bible, you look in Galatians 2, verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose, right? If you could achieve on your own, um, then Jesus wouldn't have had to come, right? A God in human flesh would not have to come. Can, can we talk about that for another? That's the thing that Muslims will teach or, or the Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Well, the word Trinity isn't in the Bible, they'll say. Um, I believe in God is three in one. Um, this is actually in the Old Testament. They kind of skip that part, uh, both the, the Muslims and the, the Jehovah's Witnesses and other religions out there. Uh, but that, hey, we, we believe in the Old Testament. Well, check this out. Uh, God isn't constrained by time and space. There are things that he actually created, you know? You hear these atheists that bring up this ridiculous argument like, well, then who created God, okay? The earth had a genesis, but who created God? All right, God always was. I know that's mind-bending. Let me tweak your head a little bit. It might be hard for you to wrap your brain around, but that's what the Bible says, that God always was. Time and space are something he created. They're not something he's constrained by. So he enters his own creation as the man, as Jesus Christ. And he does, he goes, because he loves us. That's, that's John 3.16 that he loves us that much. I mean, that's that's another thing about social psychology, right? God, the reason why we're social, the reason why it's unhealthy for us to be alone is because God is, isn't alone. He is in, he's in community with himself. And that's another thing that's hard for us in, this, in the small, finite brains that live in this material world of time and space. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around that, but that's, that's part of why, you know, we're created in his image. It's, it's unhealthy for us to be alone for long periods of time. Um, social scientists call it immune neglect. I love this term. Uh, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but this is really cool. Um, immune neglect is this, um, basically, if you leave a person alone for a long period of time, they say that a person will gain, uh, they'll start to think in a way that's fast, cheap, and easy, right? Like if you're not in social situations and you're not interacting with other people, your mind starts to go to this place where you don't have to think about other folks in, in just the interactions of your day and of your life. You just start to think all about yourself because yourself is all you're around. So you create, you become immune, you become, you neglect the, the social part of your mind and it's just not healthy. And you become immune to being around other people. You, you become, you know, like you have a worse gumble. What? I still don't know what that is. What, what the heck is that? Somebody can send me an email on that. It's Russ, uh, Russ at ASI247.org. Uh, Anyway, I, I went off on a, on a little tangent there. But going back to the Bible, I could use so many different things. Religious people will say, oh, well, you've been praying and God's not answering your prayers. I said, well, it's because he doesn't like you. 
right? It's because you disappointed him and you're, you're, you're bad and you're mean. Um, one thing about that is that Peter's going to say that if we are cruel and mean and neglectful to our wives, that our prayers, yes, will be hindered. Uh, that is in the Bible. That is true. Some people will use that in the in the area of pornography. I've heard this preached. It's kind of disgusting. But, I, you know, well, if you're looking at porn, you're neglecting your wife, and God's not listening to your prayers. Like God's ignoring you and doesn't like you because you're you're looking at porn. And, you know, it, it's going back to repentance. Yes, there is a ripple effect for neglecting your wife and being all into yourself. Using yourself as your sexual gratification but my problem is when religious people will use stuff like that to slam the door of grace and love and hope the message of the gospel right they, they slam the door in the face of hurting people who are struggling with that right I mean that message is just like oh yeah you're, you're looking at porn and God's not listening to your prayers then then why you know okay then I'm gonna say I'm sorry I'm gonna repent he's not listening to that I mean it's just empty it's, it's not really thinking in terms of the other person right it's going back to immune, uh, immune neglect they're 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 immune to, to thinking about how that message is going to impact other people because that's not entirely true yes if you're asking for stuff and you know God's not it doesn't seem like God's listening or you're just disconnected in your relationship with God then that's probably part of it but if you're repenting of sin and you're asking God to help you asking God to change you God, God is listening to that prayer but, you know, the, the religious people will, that's their attitude. And that's what Jesus talks about in, in Matthew 21. If you want to look that up, here's another scripture for you. This is red letter. This is Jesus talking. He says, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move a finger to help. Right? And here's another um, religious hard to bear type of attitude and that's this empty grace um, some religious people will say well you know God forgives you and you can do whatever because he doesn't really care and, and he does care right like he's intimately connected to your situation he loves you that much and I think that some people believe and some churches actually teach that you know God you're like a spoiled child and God's like your daddy in the sky who's gonna send you money right like he's disconnected and you're just a spoiled rich kid at college and he's gonna send you a credit card to get you out of his hair and God loves you more than that you know and some people just pray for money and success and please give me the this stuff to get me out of my situation they get angry this was me all right this is my story get angry with God because he's not rescuing me from my my situation that, that he's left me in and, and I'm all alone and if I just had money I could be um, happy and and God's not bringing you know my success and my wealth like God is more connected to you than, than that alright he loves you more than that he loves you more than than a distant father who would just throw money at you and I think a lot of people look at their relationship with God like that because maybe their relationship with their dad is like that I mean a lot of dads are disconnected 
they love I mean they see their identity as is is bringing in money and and you know being a good provider and that is good and that's true and we should strive for that but that's not all we do hey I pay the bills put a roof over your head you should be happy shut up you want more from me than that I mean that's a broken earthly father attitude but God is is more intimate with you than that. When I realized that God loved me and was not punishing me, my whole world changed. And it's like I talked about before, like God's not this angry guy that's flicking people into hell. He's actually sending people, situations, circumstances to save us by lovingly calling us to himself. Chuck Swindoll told this story, and uh, I wanted to tell it while uh, while the sheep uh, are still on my formerly narcotic-stained, weed-infested, big sticky bud engraved, um, wet, formerly alcoholic brain is is thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Um, he told this story about about shepherding, right? About um, back in the biblical times, the shepherds would have a group of sheep, which would be, you know, maybe ten to fifteen to, to, to tops, twenty sheep that they would care for and look after, and and the shepherds were intimately, you know, would would, would shepherd these sheep, right? Would pasture these sheep, and when one of them. Um, one of them got a little crazy, you know, maybe walked too close to the edge of the cliff or or maybe was like biting the other sheep or trying to, you know, lead the other sheep to the edge of the cliff or, you know, doing just destructive things like that. Um, the shepherd would grab the sheep and, and pick it up and, and he would break its leg. And I imagine the sheep would cry out in pain at that moment. Ah, what? What? And the shepherd would um, carry that sheep around. It's not like it's a number. Not like it gets what it deserves. Because, oh, here's what you get what you deserve. Let me break your leg. Right? No, that wasn't the. Sh that's not the shepherd's attitude. The, the shepherd would do that so he could carry the sheep around. And he would carry it around for weeks and weeks and weeks. Right there next to him, with its head rested against his chest, where, where you know, the, the sheep could hear his heartbeat, that intimately connected. And he would put the sheep down when it was healed. And that sheep would stay next to that shepherd. And he would stick with him, because he knows that the shepherd loves him. Right? The shepherd's committed the shepherd is covenant with him. And that's part of the law that, that, you know, we aren't just thrown into this life with no map to guide us, with no, with, you know, nothing. Just, there you go, there's life. Alone and cold and naked and bleeding. When you're alone and cold and naked and bleeding, God is right there, he's close to you. And sometimes that's the closest that you will be to God. I don't know why it has to be that way, that we have to be right up against his press, broken to, to get him, to get relationship with him. But that's 
man over and over again. That's how it works. That's when we see him. And that's why I I rail against religion. That's why I rant against religion. Because religion leads you to believe that God has forgotten you and that you're a number. That you're sheep number 4426. That's the message of religion. You want to please God, you've got to do all the right things. You've got to do all the steps. And that is not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is what do you desire? What do you love? What are you chasing? These empty pages of your days, of your life, are filled with this, this pen, this ink that is your emotional spiritual, intellectual energy. And you are never, ever alone. You are never, ever alone. That is the biggest lie of Satan, that you are alone. The word Satan actually means accuser of the brethren, and it is what a lot of the religious people do. Make you feel second-rate. Make you feel like a number forgotten. outcast and to come together around you and that's just gross that's how religion makes you feel and Jesus rails against religion and Jesus rants against religion and that is the message of the Bible that's another thing that Matt Chandler said uh, he went to a pastor's conference and all these pastors are hey, there's one pastor kept saying oh, the Bible guy the Bible guy you know kept calling him the Bible guy and he says aren't we all supposed to be the Bible guy dummy I don't think he used the word dummy he probably didn't but uh, Paul probably would <laughs> I don't know um, anyway my name is Russ Shaw. Um, again, I'm trying to do a show every week. Uh, my email address is russ at asi247.org. Um, if you'd like to leave a donation, you can at the website uh, via PayPal. Um, that's how it works. You, you you make a donation through PayPal. The money comes out of PayPal that pays for the, the, the website. That's all I'm going to say about, about money. Um, pray for me, please. Uh, again, I'm convinced that a fire alarm goes off in hell somewhere when I, I pick up this microphone and do this show. Um, so your prayers are greatly appreciated. There's a lot of testing that comes to me when I, um, when I do this. It's, it's, I know it's from a sovereign God who loves me. I love that line from, uh, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Hey, the, the devil has asked to sift you like wheat, but don't worry, I've prayed for you. A lot of this spiritual warfare is just testing. The devil's already lost. Right? I don't want to put too much weight like I have in the past. Like, I'm being spiritually attacked and I'm all alone. No. The devil's already lost. So, I'm going to leave you with a song by uh, Barlow Girl. Love this song. Um, you're never alone. Remember that. And uh, I love you guys. I'm praying for each and every one of you. Until next week. Bye. I waited for you today. 
Do you?